Hi, welcome to yet another episode of A Story for Your Query. It's been over 16 months since lockdown and there seems to be no respite. Students have been missing their games and missing the contact with their friends. Humor, I believe, is one antidote for this alienation or depressed feelings. According to Edward de Bono, humor is by far the most significant behavior of the human mind. Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, the creator of the world-famous detective Sherlock Holmes, was waiting at a taxi stand outside the railway station in Paris. When a taxi pulled up, he placed his suitcase in the car and took a seat next to it. Where can I take you, Mr. Doyle? asked the taxi driver. Doyle was flabbergasted. He asked the driver whether he knew him by sight. No, sir, I've never seen you before. The puzzled Doyle asked him how he knew who he was. The morning's paper had a story about you being on vacation at Marseille. This is a taxi stand where people who return from there always come to. Your skin color tells me you've been on vacation. The ink spot on your right index finger suggests that you're a writer. Your clothing is very English and not French. And so I deduced that you must be Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. Doyle remarked, this is truly amazing. You are a real-life counterpart to my fictional creation, Sherlock Holmes. Ah, there is one other thing, the driver said. What is that? Your name is on the front of your suitcase. Humor is an important component of emotional health, affecting relationships, brain development, and even physical health. For the first time, researchers have begun to understand specifically how humor activates different areas in the child brain. Journal of Neuroscience reports that, that some of the same brain circuitry that responds to humor in adults exists even in 6 to 12-year-olds. It is also believed that people who handle humorous surprises will probably do a better job of coping with life's unexpected challenges. Sense of humor is part nature and part nurture. You might have a biological predisposition but with the right environment, you can also refine it. In other words, there is hope for all of us. Given the stressful times, we might all benefit from a little more humor. Laughter arising out of humor is conditional. It depends upon the person's intellectual ability, state of mind, and level of happiness. But laughter can be achieved unconditionally. Most of the laughter is an outcome of playfulness and inherent joyfulness among children. Laughter produces dopamine and the mood, it is a mood enhancer which will not be able to discriminate between natural or artificial laughter. On the basis of this, the laughter clubs are formed all around the world. Let me play a laughter track for you. It was infectious, wasn't it? If teachers are to consider harnessing the powerful effects of humor, they not only have to increase the joy and enhance the classroom environment, but also improve the learner. Let's take a look at some research findings. According to neuroscience research, humor activates the brain's dopamine reward system. The cognitive studies show 
that dopamine is important for both goal-oriented motivation and long-term memory, while educational research indicates that correctly used humor can be an effective intervention to improve retention from kindergarten through college outcomes. Let's try to understand what correctly used humor is. To explain this, let's take a look at the classroom research. Around 400 college students documented their teachers' appropriate and inappropriate use of humor, their effectiveness as teachers, and how students perceived the humor. The results of the study showed that related appropriate humor resulted in increased retention while inappropriate, cruel, and unrelated humor did not. The study also discovered that humor can be perceived and appreciated without improving retention. Essentially, the student can think a teacher is funny but not show an improvement in retention. Just being silly may get a student attention but may not lead to better retention. These researchers concluded that for improved retention, appropriate and topic-related instructional humor is most effective. To illustrate, one evening, a man carrying a can of milk stopped Mullah Nasruddin in the street and said he had a problem and he wanted his advice. What's your problem? asked Hoja. My problem is that, although I never drink wine, I feel intoxicated when I get up in the morning. What do you drink the last thing at night? asked Hoja, eyeing the milk can in the man's hand. Milk, he said. Just as I thought, said Hoja. This is the cause of your problem. What? Milk causes intoxication? asked the man, astonished. It's like this, you see. You drink the milk and you go to sleep. You toss around in your sleep. The milk gets churned. It turns into butter. Butter churned turns into cheese. Cheese turns to fat. Fat into sugar. Sugar into alcohol. So when you get up with alcohol in your stomach, you feel intoxicated in the morning. So what do I do? asked the man, bewildered. Simple, don't drink the milk, he said. Give it to me. And taking the milk from the man, the mullah walked away, leaving the man gaping. Humor eases the tension between the student and the teacher and helps to establish rapport. Retention was found to be the strongest in the lectures with content-related humor and the students reported more enjoyment in the experience. Try telling a funny story or allowing the students to come up with humorous examples in their projects or discussions. Laughing leads to learning. Amelia, a nursing student, wanted to enroll in biostatistics, a required course in a bachelor's program but she was a self-described math-phobic. She dreaded the course. Yet, by the end of semester, not only did her anxiety subside, but she felt confident applying the basic tenets of statistics to analyze medical research. What sparked this metamorphosis? She says it was her professor who interjected levity into the class and made number crunching fun. We've all had a few teachers who have been role models. But all of them were role models by being a caring teacher and not by bringing in humor to the class. According to Ghana, well-planned, appropriate, contextual humor can help students to gather information. Let's learn a little bit more about humor. Humor's primary psychological role is an emotional response or buffer to relieve physical stress. Moreover, laughter has been shown to stimulate a physiological effect that decreases stress hormones such as serum cortisol, dopac, and epinephrine. 
humor increases the essential educational elements of rapport, enhances trust and collaboration within a classroom. This is especially applicable if students work in groups. It is holistic. Appropriately used, it can serve as a tremendous teaching tool. Research shows how feel-good neurotransmitters are all released when smiles flash across the faces. Dopamine, the motivator neurotransmitter most closely linked with humor, is also linked to motivated learning and attention. The serotonin release brought on by their smiles lift their moods. Smiles also release neuropeptides that work toward fighting off stress. This not only relaxes their bodies, but it can lower their heart rate and blood pressure. Therefore, humor is an educational elixir that we can all include in our classrooms. Now, the use of classroom humor. Teaching is serious business, but teachers don't have to be serious to be effective. Specific examples of teacher behaviors that prompt students to enjoy the learning include teachers telling jokes, funny stories, laughing along with students, and using relevant, interesting, and lighthearted personal examples to highlight important points. Dad tells the son, I want you to marry a girl of my choice. Son, no way. Dad, the girl is Bill Gates' daughter. Son, oh, then it's okay. Dad goes to Bill Gates. I want your daughter to marry my son. Bill Gates, no. Dad, my son is the CEO of World Bank. Bill Gates, oh, then it's all right. Dad goes to the president of the World Bank. Dad, appoint my son as the CEO, president, no. Dad, he's the son-in-law of Bill Gates, president. Oh, then it's okay. This is called business. As early as 1988, researchers at Tel Aviv University discovered that when teachers were trained to use humor in their classrooms, learning increased by about 15% and continued throughout the entire semester. An example, a New York City high school math teacher who had dabbled in stand-up comedy, wanted to teach his students about symmetry. He showed them two pictures of the movie star Angelina Jolie, one with just the left side of her face reflected back on itself and the one with the right side reflected. Two images were remarkably similar, denoting a high degree of facial symmetry, a supposed marker of beauty. He then showed two images of himself, each reflecting a different half of his face. First half, depicted him as a bloated, balding, slyly smiley, while the second one, he appeared purse-lipped, mop-headed, and thin. As you see, he told the class, these pictures are pretty similar, so I guess I'm very good-looking. His students erupted in laughter. Plan the fun. Humor doesn't have to be quick wit. Teachers can bake laughs into their lesson plans by incorporating funny materials like silly word problems, cartoons, or satirical literature. The animals begin with the basic belief in the book, The Animal Farm, that all animals are equal. But by the end of the book, they've changed it to all animals are equal, but some animals are more equal than others. The politician tells his children, certainly I do shout, fight, and damage property to serve the country as a politician, but you as kids must play quietly. The secretary tells the boss, who is a politician, there seems to be something wrong in your calculation, sir, 
backward class 55%, ST 30%, KP 21%, PC, NC, and so on, add up to 273%. Get students in on the act, get them to ideate. Toe the line, don't be too critical of their work. If you are in doubt about a joke, bite your tongue. It's better to miss a few laughs than risk offending or insulting your students. Don't try too hard. Humor isn't something to stress over. It should be light and fun. Try to interpret a difficult situation in a humorous way as opposed to just, oh my God, this happens only to me. I'm so unlucky. Introduce emojis in the lower class. To sum up, it's been found that humor has its impact on the following areas. An increase in learning, an increase in self-motivation, increase in class attendance, increase in test performance, an increase in divergent thinking, there's more to come. An increase of interest in learning, a reduction of anxiety and stress in dealing with difficult material, the creation of positive social and emotional learning environment, the creation of common psychological bond between students and faculty. That's a long list. Statements with humor. I saw a bank that said 24-hour banking, but I didn't have that much time. There are three general theories that explain how humor works. Tension release theory. It is believed that we laugh whilst being tickled due to a buildup of tension as the tickler tickles. The second most popular theory of humor, the incongruity resolution model, involves the solving of a paradox or incongruity in a playful context. The theory is based on the deep relationship that exists in the human brain between laughable and the illogical. An example to enumerate. Teacher, why are you late? Student, there was a man who lost a $100 bill. Teacher, I see. Were you helping him to look for it? Student, no, I was standing on it. One must also change the student's perspective from a warm-hearted to a helpful student to a greedy student who makes fun of the punchline. Sorry, who makes sense of the punchline. Marriage is a wonderful institution, but who wants to live in an institution? said Groucho Marx. Yogi Berra said, always go to other people's funerals, otherwise they won't go to yours. Samuel Johnson, after reviewing a young man's manuscript, your manuscript is both good and original, but the part that is good is not original and the part that is original is not good. We all know lichen is formed by the symbiotic relationship between algae and fungi. A little note on the lichen. She said, you look like a fun guy. Fun, F-U-N, guy, G-U-Y, as opposed to F-U-N-G-I. He said, looking at you, I can tell you're all gal. All, A-L-L-G-A-L, instead of a-L-G-A-L, algal. He volunteered to support her. He offered to prepare his food. He said, married to me might mean living in some very inhospitable place. She replied, darling, as long as we are lichen each other, who cares? The lichen is spelled as L-I-K-E-N as opposed to L-I-C-H-E-N. This might bring in some humor and interest, students may be able to create such content on their own. The superiority theory 
emphasizes how mirth and laughter so often involve a focus on someone else's mistake, misfortune, or stupidity. In other words, we feel superior to the person suffering the misfortune. Tom and Jerry cartoons depict this kind of humor. Finally, sandwich humor between instruction and repetition. Use content-related humor, which is age-appropriate. Do not overdo it. This brings us to the end of the podcast. I will see you next week.